With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. As Trent and I begin our work week here and are with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your time uh, here with us as we take you until noon. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Let's do that first and foremost. We will, uh, at the bottom of the hour, be joined by Kerry Miller, who is in Indianapolis. Uh, covering uh, tonight's game for Bleacher Report. He'll join us at 10.30. We'll recap what we saw over the weekend and preview what we hope to see tonight. It's a game we thought we were going to see on December the 5th. But you know, wait, uh, you know what? I hope the wait is worth it. Uh, as we may be in store for one we'll be talking about for a long time. The number one, the number two rated teams going into the tournament will collide with the championship on the line. 8.20 tip time locally. Uh, Kerry James at 10.30. Matt Postens covers the Big 12 uh, for Heartland College Sports. He will help us out with Baylor as they get set to uh, take on Gonzaga, 11.05. And then we'll recap the weekend, the opening weekend of Major League Baseball with our friend Matt Snyder, who covers Major League Baseball at cbssports.com. Good baseball mind. Get him in here. Help us out with what we saw. Some phenomenal baseball from over the weekend, culminating with Shohei Otani. Hmm. Uh, his start last night, first pitch he sees of the regular season parks at 400 and. 55 feet into the right field bleachers. What a weekend of baseball. What a night of college basketball on Saturday night. Other than that, Trent Condon, how was your weekend? Well, and and I think you missed a couple of big things. The women's Final Four was incredibly compelling both Friday night and watched a lot of that. My daughter informed me she's going to Stanford. She is. Dad was rooting for South Carolina because he had the game clocks plus six and a half. Uh And uh, after Stanford won the game, she informed me that's where she's going. So... Oh boy, I, I got a lot of saving in front of me. Did you do? If that's going to happen. Then the championship game last night leading into Sunday night baseball. As excited as I've been of a Sunday night baseball game, and I can't remember how long. Really? I it, was into it too. I there was just something about it. Coming off a really good game, coming off a great Saturday of basketball, and of course the conclusion. It just it felt like everything was kind of leading to that point, culminating. Sunday night baseball is background fodder for me. It's something that's when I as fo- the season goes on. Yeah, yeah. It, it's something that I fold clothes on Sunday night. That's my one of my household <laughs> okay. duties, and it's just on. I load the dishwasher. You fold the clothes. Yeah. Okay. It's just something that is just there. But yeah. the Mets and Nationals are playing. I'm not really watching. I was really annoyed by Alex Rodriguez because I was intently watching last night. Did you stay up for the whole thing? Yes. The throw by Inglacius to third. Uh-huh. And he says you don't make you don't make that throw. You just go to first. 
He's in scoring position. A hit with two outs beats you there. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez, great baseball mind. I thought he was idiotic last night. No, he had a, In fact, I noticed him, Trent. It's funny you mentioned that because I noticed regurgitating exactly what Matt Vasquez yes. had just said on a couple of occasions. Are they next to each other? I don't think so, no. Okay. And they weren't last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. I know that listening to what I now believe is the best listen in baseball um, is Benetti and Stone. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the best listen in baseball. And they mentioned, was it that broadcast? One of the broadcasts mentioned that they're each in their respective homes. Oh, okay. I think it was that one. Yeah. So I, be- I don't believe that they're in the ballpark as of yet. Um, I know they're not in the ballpark. I don't think that they're together. Um, so that would side. make sense. It makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. And I think it's. I think that's the way they're headed, Trent. I mean, if mm-hmm. um, if if radio um, stations don't have to send their guy on the road and incur that expense, they're not going to. They we realized last year you don't have to. And there's things you miss, and they talked about that last night too, because it felt like Liam Hendricks was going to come in, mm-hmm. and Larusa didn't do that, mm-hmm. which is still head scratching to me. I understand the old school thinking. Well, how about Joe Madden's old school thinking? I mean, yeah. you know what? I was with him on Otani, leaving him in there. If mm-hmm. you think that's his best option, and yes, it would have been awful had his season would have ended right. on a play at the plate, um, which it certainly looked like it could when the collision was there. But man, oh man, that was a fun game last night. It really was. It was a good way to finish the weekend. We had a brawl in baseball at one point. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen this and I'm grateful on one hand that between the two games on Saturday night, the Baylor-Houston game and the start of UCLA-Gonzaga, there was, what, 90 minutes or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, Did you watch Miley Cyrus? I didn't watch a minute of no. it, Trent. You know what I watched? I watched the Brewers and the Twins, uh-huh. and I watched um, two incredible pitching performances, Burn and Bur- Burns and Burrios, strike out 19 guys between the two of them through five innings. Was right. it four and two-thirds or five? I think it was through five. 19 combined strikeouts through five innings. Guys just dealing, man. It was, um, I don't believe I've ever seen that many strikeouts in the first five innings of a game. But uh, let's get to the big story from the weekend, and that yeah. was, and the baseball was great. Don't get me wrong. It was tremendous. Oh, by the way, another big local story that broke this morning. Jamie Pollard has agreed to a contract extension at Iowa State through 2026. So their AD that is incredibly popular, uh, that has done really good things. Mm-hmm. He's done really, really good things for that uh, university since he uh, came uh, came uh, to the program. Um, good for him. Good for Iowa State. Good for their fan base that keep their guy. Well, and it makes a whole lot of sense with the job that is coming open. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Yep. Barry Alvarez is stepping away this summer, and because of that, because of his connections to Wisconsin, a Wisconsin guy, worked in that athletic department, a lot of people connecting the dots very quickly. Right. That seemed like the only one he would have even listened right. to. And I don't even know if he would have, because he's very comfortable there. Absolutely. And and the fan base, Trent, adores him, mm-hmm. like I've never seen. An athletic uh, director? Like, precisely, right? That, I mean, that's a guy that you don't like. I mean, right. for the most part, that, unless you're signing some big checks, then of course. But I'm you sure know you what like he did, guy. Trent? He 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 brought Cyclone fans not out of the closet. That's not the right way. He was. They were kind of go way back, right? It mm-hmm. was it was a Hawkeye state. Oh, there's no doubt. And about uh, it. first and foremost, without a question of a doubt. But there were some Cyclone fans there that kind of maybe sat quietly in the corner, kind of like Canadians, and, and speak when they're spoken to. And Pollard comes to town and puts up billboards, mm-hmm. and it was on. And, and Cyclone fans realized that their AD is willing to get out there. Let's line up behind them, and they did. Uh, good for them. I mean, good for Iowa State that they keep their guy. And, um, I mean, 
you're going to find very few people that don't like this signing. Yeah. If there was a poll <laughs> anywhere, um, you know, and you can't be a Hawkeye to reply to the poll. If it was a Cyclone fan only, I don't know how you do it. Right. It would be an overwhelming in their favor. So big, big local story. Congratulations to all that Jamie Pollard stays through 2026. Back to Saturday night we go for, I don't know where, the latest is always the greatest, right? Mm-hmm. The latest is always the greatest, but it was hell of a game. It was a great game. And it's, it's, it's UCLA who just, Trent, the little guy just kept staying, sticking around. They weren't supposed to be in that spot. Mm-hmm. It was the Gonzaga, after all, that was uh, sharing the court with them. And, and sooner or later, the UCLA is going to fold and realize that it's Gonzaga, and they're not as good as Gonzaga. But that wasn't the case at all. In fact, with three seconds left, the game is tied. Johnny Juzang, Trent, I don't know how much you knew about him prior to the tournament. Now, you watch way more Pac-12 basketball than me, but you had to... You have to be a hardcore. Mm-hmm. I, I'd heard of him, but that's it. That that's as high as it went. Same. I, I saw him, and I was never wowed by him. Oh. I never thought, oh, that this guy's going to be a lottery pick. But he's a nice player, right? And maybe I, I saw one game where he played well. I don't look at NBA draft boards very often. I thought eh, maybe that's a guy that can stick. Knew the story of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Knew it didn't work, and knew Cal for all intents and purposes says. We got guys in front of you. Right. We got guys coming back. You're not going to see minutes again. He's a California kid. Mm-hmm. Well, during a pandemic, makes sense to go Absolutely. home. Absolutely. And then puts the team on his back like he did in the tournament. Oh, and now, my. listening to some NBA draft people, he's probably an NBA draft pick. Yeah, it, it's it's wild for all the hits that we hear about college basketball. And this was a game that college basketball needed. No, without a doubt, they needed to get. Yep. Because yes, in our market. Of course. It's and huge. the first one was a blowout, let's be honest. Yes, but the national market, the national, just look at college basketball. It's all about negativity. Mm-hmm. It's about yeah. the transfer portal. Yeah. It's about the one and dones, and yeah. it's about the guys that now aren't even going to college. Yeah. They're just the going federal, to the, the federal investigation into some of the recruiting scandals by the coaches. Yep. That's the story on a big national basis that we get. And it's great to have a game oh. that, that you're hearing everybody does. Yeah, not the Jay Billis is the world. They're going to be talking about it. Not Gary Parish and Matt Norlander at CBS. The big national voices, they're talking about it. And yeah, Skip Bayless sounds like a moron and says that it was a lucky shot. That's what he's tweeting out afterwards because yeah. that's what he does. But you know what? He's talking college basketball. Right. And that's important. Not the latest about LeBron or what's happening in the NBA <laughs> or, or the latest quarterback move in the NFL. They're talking college yeah. basketball. This sport needed that moment. They really did, Trent. And uh, you can't even say it lived up to expectations because there were none. <laughs> that this wasn't supposed to be a good game. Thought we're getting back to back blowouts. Absolutely did. Uh, and it's three nothing right off the bat, and it's like here we go. Um, but that wasn't the case. As UCLA would not go away. Well, were they down one going into the half? I think they were. I think mm-hmm. Gonzaga came back and took a um, uh, brief lead. I think Juzang was on the bench at the end of the first half. But man, oh man, just an amazing, amazing, amazing ending. Um, Suggs, who could have gone to Ohio State, could have gone to Alabama, could have gone to, to play football. <laughs> decides that he's going to play basketball and the shot at the end of it just incredible theater i mean sports right it's just sports Mm -hmm. and it was on full display so what will we get tonight uh we certainly hope that we get the game that we thought we were going to get on the first weekend of december when covid uh said nope you're not going to see this one maybe you'll see it once the tournament gets to indianapolis and here we are um I don't know what to expect. I really don't. I, on one hand, I wonder who's going to guard Timmy. 
On the other hand, I wonder who Mitchell, is he going to buy on Ayayi, who's had a phenomenal last yes. couple of games. I mean, where would they be without Ayayi? Kispert's a guy that he's getting his points, but you look at him and you're, eh, he's really got 15. I thought he's having an off night. He hasn't played great. I don't think so either. I think he might be the X factor tonight, but we'll save that for later on. Suggs is Suggs. Um, it, it's... It's got a chance to be everything we we thought it would be, right? Who's Butler? Is it going to be Butler versus Suggs? Who's uh, what's his name? Off night they call Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, who's going to have off night for Gonzaga? <laughs> meaning who's Mitchell going to guard? Because he's that type of player. Chamo Chachua is he? Is he the big? Because uh, I don't think it can be Thamba that's asked to to, to slow down uh, Timmy, who's on another level. I don't know. The matchup to me says Reeks Gonzaga when you figure that Timmy just had his way with Evan Mobley. He I mean, had his yeah, way yeah. with Mobley. Um and then the other and then and then the other night for UCLA, what's the big Riley? Mm-hmm. Um who played well at times? He did, absolutely. He was in well. jumpers. Yes. <laughs> the entire UCLA team trend. Those six to eight to ten foot jumpers mm-hmm. that all right, he's not gonna hit this one, Swish. All right, we're not gonna make this one right. bang. Time after time after, they couldn't have shot the ball any better than they did. You know, it's cliche, but it's too bad someone had to lose. Mm -hmm. But it really and truly is. No no doubt. Because UCLA, man, oh man, oh man, if it would have, should have. The little upstart underdog, UCLA. Yeah, it's hard to say that, right? right. But it's true. It was. It it was true in that moment. And Mick Cronin, a guy that the scarlet letter for him as a coach, couldn't win in the NCAA Mm -hmm. tournament. Yeah. He won five games to get to the Final Four, (laughs) something only one team has ever had to do Uh. to get there. And he was moments away from pulling off one of the most incredible Monumental upset. Point spread-wise, there are games in the NCAA tournament, the Final Four, that have been bigger. But this one felt it because of the undefeated nature of Gonzaga, how good they had looked going into that. Unbeatable, Trent. Just domination. Yeah, the way that they were playing, and you're an 11th seed. Right. You're not supposed to be there. And that drive by Juzang as he's going oh. in and Timmy draws the charge. What in a the moment, call. I thought it was over. I thought the game was over Because right you there. thought that it would be a blocking foul, yep. go to the free throw line, Timmy yep. goes to the bench, he's fouled out. And even as he's making the move, I didn't think Timmy was going to get over in time. And it was close. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the right call of a 50-50 call. Yeah. If you would have called a blocking foul on that one, there still was movement. You saw his body just lean ever so slightly to the right. And because of that, if they would have called a blocking mm-hmm. foul, yes, Gonzaga fans would have been upset about yeah, it. Yeah, they should but, have been too. But you can understand where the call came from. Because the call always is block. Yes. I mean, especially when it's Juzang. Now it's Timmy, I get that, but mm-hmm. I thought it was the right call. I was glad that they did the right thing in my eyes. I thought that that was, again, it was appropriate. Who didn't want to have five extra minutes of this game? Hell, I thought everybody thought we were headed to a minimum of ten extra minutes because this game, there's no way he's going to make that shot. Three, two, one, up, good. Did, did you let out a yelp? What, what was your reaction? Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was mouth agape. I couldn't. I was uh, getting Easter eggs ready at the time, <laughs> so I'm sitting Indian style on the floor with my legs crossed and looking up at the TV. And he hits Juzang hits the putback, and it's going to overtime. And I was about to get up and get myself a fresh cocktail. I'm like, oh, three seconds, because I thought there'd be a timeout. And so I'm standing yeah. up and I'm watching it, and it goes in, and I don't want to yell because the kids are sleeping, and <laughs> Buddy's getting ready for the evening. Yeah. And so I just sat there with my mouth wide open and Uh and incredible. Absolutely. I will remember that. That is Christian Leitner. 
That yes. is yes. that moment. It is. I agree with you. And if you go back and watch that Kentucky-Duke game from 1992, do it if you're a college basketball fan because yeah, it's, it's incredible. Uh-huh. I, I remember it was on, I think, CBS Sports Network a few years ago. It's everything that it is. the memory. And the players in the game, yes. too, which is just re- Big re- remarkable. Time. Will you, this one stay up to that level? You tonight the, or the one we just saw? The one we just saw. Yes, I think this will stand the test of time. I think so, too. I really do. Uh, this, this was that special. You know what else was maybe as special and as out of the ordinary as anything we've ever seen? A game like that that's 90-90 that was back and forth. Trent, they played the final 57 seconds without a whistle. No really? timeouts, no whistles, play on. It was, you know, how the long basketball games can take in the final mm-hmm. couple of minutes. It was nonstop action. It was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Two coaches that didn't use timeouts. We right. didn't also get the automatic advancement Because right. Cronin, basketball. I don't think, had one to use. Okay. If you did. Mm-hmm. I, I think Cronin was out of timeouts. But, but yeah. the back-to-back, and you're a guy that wants the Elamendi. No, I don't. <laughs> well, I, I, during a regular season, I'm okay with it. But just, this was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, this was, yeah, that kind of shoots down my Elam ending argument. Didn't I? Why in the hell would you bring that up? <laughs> uh, amazing. Because cause that thought jumped into my mind. Yeah, as I was sitting there. Because I, I, was, I was thinking, I wonder, I wonder what Ken's reaction was. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what he thought of it. And uh, then the Elam ending jumped in my head. You know, Twitter was great. I mean, yeah. Twitter, Twitter can be really fun. Twitter can be a real cesspool, as everybody yes, knows. Yeah. But man, oh man, that was, uh, that was unreal. Uh, the Baylor-Houston game, Trent, stunk, um, mm. with the exception of Baylor, <laughs> who right. was... Um, it's funny what happens when you run into a top seed, right? Instead yeah. of double-digit seeds. Houston was never in the basketball game. I mean, never in the basketball game. Uh, Mitchell and Butler. Uh, Vital was, I mean, he was in foul trouble for most of it. Batik and Chamuchachua was terrific. Meyer off the bench. He's a pain in the you-know-what tonight. Yes. If you're a Gonzaga fan, uh, this guy's a legitimate threat. Flagler off the bench. I think Baylor's bench is deeper. Um We'll see. It's got a chance, man. I mean, seldom do they live up to the hype. Seldom do they live up to the hype. This one's got a chance maybe to live up to the hype. The only thing to take away from the first game for me is the overhit late. Uh, it looked like I was home <laughs> free, yeah. coasting in, and then uh, just reserves hitting shots all over the place. It was, the uh, it, it was unbelievable watching it unfold, it, uh, the, both of them. I mean, just Baylor's just pure domination of the basketball game, winning by 19 and they let their foot off the gas a little bit, but um, ah, phenomenal! It phenomenal. was. We're gonna get a. We're gonna get a good one. Tonight. Yeah, I think we are, Trent. I think we're. I'd be. Uh, I'd be. I'd be really shocked if Baylor wins convincingly, or if Gonzaga wins convincingly. I, I would be shocked. The numbers what four, five, four and a half, four and a half. Yep. I, I think that's in doubt uh, towards the end. Mm-hmm. I really do. So, so we shall see. Um, all right, coming up on 20 minutes after the hour again, we're more, more basketball conversation with our friend Kerry Miller, who's in Indianapolis for Bleacher Report. We will speak with him at 1030, get his tech on the game. As much as anything, I, I want to see coach versus coach, right? Uh, I want to see Drew, what, what, what's he going to do? Who's he going to assign to whom? Uh, because there are so many matchups with this um, Gonzaga team, who's going to try and shut down Timmy? I don't think Thamba can. I don't. I'm not sure Chamo Chachua can. He's he's, he's going to be use your five fouls, right? I think that's got to be it. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, who's Mitchell going to try to take out of the game? Who's going to have the off night 
for Gonzaga because that's what Mitchell does. I think you have to put him on Suggs. Do you? I, I you think don't put so. Butler on Suggs? No, I put Butler probably on Kispert. Okay. Because Kispert, as we talked about earlier, maybe isn't playing at his highest level. Mm-hmm. And the way he beat Gonzaga is you don't really beat them. You just hope they don't shoot the ball very well. Because they're going to get theirs inside. You saw, yes. it. you saw it on Saturday night. They're going to get their points. They're going to get their points in the paint. What do you do? Take away the guy that gets those guys in the great spot with Suggs. That, with that. Suggs. Trent, the bounce, pa- the, oh. the block shot steps out of bounds, reestablishes. Mm-hmm. Everything's legal. Takes a couple of steps and throws a precise. I mean, precise. Mm-hmm. You could tell he's a quarterback, right? Right, yeah. Uh, precise bounce. Bounce pass. To uh, to Timmy, who's going to the goal, it's just amazing theater, and that's not his best play of the game. Uh, Jeff Welts to chime in, and we welcome him to do so. Hello, Jeff. Welcome. Hey guys. Uh, so here's the thing with Gonzaga, and I, you know, I said this to some of my buddies. UCLA shoots sixty percent from the field, sixty percent from three. They're out rebounding Gonzaga, and they're even up on turnovers at halftime. And they're down. Yeah. They're losing. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't want to repeat that again, but let that soak in. It's unbelievable. Um, second thing, wow, what, you know, just for sports fans in general, general, what a fun game to watch. Now, if you're just a casual fan or maybe you're not a basketball fan because of, you know, whatever, that was a great game to watch. And you guys have mentioned the bounce passes, the finishes. My biggest touch on that was the mid range jump shot mm-hmm. that's kind of out of the game it's, you know now it's mostly threes or dunks and to watch ucla and god's i could just settle for those 10 12 14 foot jump shots that they were given and they knocked them down routine it's just all that hard work that just pays off was awesome and at the end of the game the last thing i want to say you know kids that are playing the game or just you know people that are up and coming with basketball the game is never over so it was the presence of mind to get your own rebound and to finish was awesome. But again, with those 3.3 seconds, that's an eternity to get the ball up the floor and to get a shot off. And it was, you know, either way if it goes or doesn't, it's at least putting yourself in an opportunity to score. And, man, it lived up to the, the hype. I can't wait till tonight. Um, just, get a nap in because it's going to be late. It is. Hey, sports is supposed to be fun at the end of the day. And we were, we were treated to a great game. And I just hope moving forward we can get back to some normalcy and we can go watch some games and have fun. So thanks, guys, for the time. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, UCLA could not have played any better in the first no. half. And, and, Trent, we talked about it. For the game, they couldn't have played better. Sure. Six to eight-foot to ten-foot jumpers. Mm-hmm. Time after – you don't make that many shots. Yeah. You might make a couple. And these are falling away, falling back over top of a hand. Um, but they were falling in. UCLA played a perfect basketball game. They needed to, and they still came up second best. That shows you, I think, how good Gonzaga is. I think is. it is, Trent. I think, and here's the other thing, and maybe you disagree with me. If you have a Gonzaga ticket, uh, if you're rooting for Gonzaga in the basketball game tonight, the fact that the Zags really for the first time all season, maybe the last couple of years, were pushed. Mm-hmm. Yes, West Virginia pushed them a little bit, but Suggs was out on that he Friday was. night when they came back. Got hurt, right? Yeah, absolutely. Got hurt like uh, in the first half. Yep. Early, I think, six, seven minutes into the game. I remember it was a Friday night. I was watching it. Uh, it was really entertaining. Um, but this, they've had their scare, and they survived their scare. So if they are in a street fight tonight, they know that they can go down an alley and come out, right? And they did. Mm-hmm. 
I think that that's a big, big feather in their cap because they've got the not only the weight of cutting down the Nets winning a national championship team, being the first one to do so undefeated since 1976. That's extra pressure. I don't care what anybody says. These kids are human. Coaches are human. And they've got in a fight on Saturday night and they survived. I think that's going to benefit them. I do. And Baylor hasn't played a close game in a long time. Since Iowa State. <laughs> right. Because even like the loss they had to Oklahoma State, they were, they were out of that game late. Yeah. No, you're right. That's since Iowa State. If you think about that, right? It's unthinkable. It really and truly is. First game back out of COVID. I understand yeah. the circumstances, but uh, man, they are good. This going to be a, this this going to be a uh, it's got a chance. This mm-hmm. this one has a chance. Now, I, I mean, it's not for me. I, I forget about. But the kids on the East Coast that are basketball fans, Trent, this is a nine twenty tip. Yeah, it's nine twenty. And okay, you want the West Coast audience home, but when you set the tip time, you didn't know that you know there was going to be a team from the uh, from, uh, from the Pacific time zone. That's not why you did it. It's always eight twenty. Is five twenty Pacific too early? I I just don't know. I, it depends on what part of the West Coast, right? I, I mean, LA, you're going to be in traffic. Well, and and you hear about New York. Oh man, they have all these late games. Well, for a lot of people, they're Day doesn't start until a little later because mm-hmm. of that, and and there's kind of the all these kids, different though, things. Kids that love basketball, yeah, get a nap. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Leave, leave but, early I mean, from school the next day. I guess. I mean, some parents would be all in on it. Someone don't go to bed. Yeah, I'll let you know how it turns out. Watch it on DVR the next morning. There's plenty of people oh that do that too. Absolutely guilty yeah. on some nights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a game! What a game! What a weekend! Uh, opening weekend of college uh, of college baseball. Uh, Major League Baseball was terrific. A lot of respects. Cubs bounced back, took a couple. White Sox watching that team, fun team to watch. Uh, the Brewers and the Twins had a pretty good three-game set going uh, over the weekend as well. And oh, by the way, it's Masters Week now. Yeah, how about that, right? And Jordan Speed, did you watch any of that? I watched the minutes. final couple of holes. Yeah. And I thought he was going to give it away on 18. I mean, he yacked. To the left? Yes, that was his approach. I mean, he was going to lay up, and geez, he hits it off the scoreboard or right in front of the scoreboard. I thought, oh, my God, you've come this far, and it's been this long, and you're going to, this is how it's going to happen? Don't do it, Jordan Speed. Pretty popular guy. I love the stories afterwards that, um, you know, all the people that have spoken with him, that have interviewed him. Uh, when he was going through this slump, it's pretty easy to fire your caddy, right? It's pretty easy to make some changes in your support staff, but that apparently was um, was was never the case. He didn't even no, no second thoughts. He stayed with Michael Greller as caddy. He wasn't a uh, an a hole when he was asked about the slump. Mm-hmm. Time after time after time, he just kept on, uh, and and it paid off yesterday. And now we'll see. You know what does that do for this week? He was fifty to one. Back in January, and what is he? T- what is he's he now going the in? third choice? Is at he behind? Let me guess. Uh, Dustin Johnson, uh-huh. Deshambo. That's who I think it was. I saw it on Sports Center last night. And I think it has to be. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Well, you look at this. We'll get John in here, and then we'll get to a break. And Kerry Miller will join us from Indianapolis coming up in hour number two. We will do more on Baylor with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. He sees a lot of Baylor. Uh, he's he's a really good football guy, but uh, basketball is his uh, strength at Heartland College Sports. And he'll join us to help us break down the game, and then we will recap what we saw on the diamond. Boy, it makes a difference with fans.
fans and building says. And I know mm-hmm. we talked about it on Friday, but it just resonated through the weekend. Fans in ballparks. The booze on the throw over at the right time. <laughs> it actually happens. Yes. The anticipation. A ball that's not going to be a home run. It's just a fly ball. And the crowd knows it. Uh-huh. But the guy that was running the... <laughs> The sound volume last year oh, and screw it up. Yeah, there's there's no pumped in volume anymore. Yeah. Uh, John, welcome to the show. John, what's on your mind? Hey guys, I know you're up against it. I just you know lifetime West Coaster until I moved here five years ago. Yeah, and five twenty is too early. Is it uh, traffic? Now, I'm not saying there's an easy solution to it because mm-hmm. there's not, but it is too early. You you generally you're going to get home you know late first half of that game yeah. and you know hope it gets carried on the radios, which <laughs> it doesn't always in different in different markets. So. Um, it's an unsolvable problem, yep. but uh, I just wanted to weigh in on, on uh, what it's like on the West Coast. Aren't you the UCLA fan that called us last week, John? No, I'm not. not you, I'm, okay. I'm John Cannon. I, I was oh, your okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. correspondent when they were yep. good. Yep. And, maybe, and maybe again someday. Yeah, absolutely. Good to hear from you, John. Thanks for listening. All right. Talk to you later. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, there, there's no easy solution. There right? isn't, yeah. Traffic in L.A. Well, you see traffic in L.A. It's, it's a nightmare. It's, a, it's, a, it's atrocious. But 920 East Coast, you want the kids to be able to watch 520 on the West Coast. There's John's right. There's no easy solution to it. Oh, man. Please live up to it tonight. Please. And you know what? I'm glad we didn't get this game. You took the words right out of yeah, my mouth. Yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth. This See is so much better person. now. Yep. We don't know what happened in the in the. And you don't the have the revenge game. angle. Right. And all that. Yeah. You know each other as yep. well. Yep. Let's roll the ball out. And they will, man. Oh, who's your... Before we make it right to change your mind before I ask you this at six minutes before noon. Mm-hmm. Who is the who's the X factor tonight? X factor tonight. For either team. Give me the X factor. This team wins because this guy I think it's Timmy. Do you? I do. I even better than than we thought he was gonna be. Oh, he's so he's eleven so for fifteen on yeah. Saturday night. He is so good inside and he just wears you out. And I think that's the difference. And yeah. and the other part Baylor is so good offensive rebounding. That's a big part mm-hmm. of what they are. Mm-hmm. And he's good on the defensive end, too. If he can clean that up, clean the glass, I think that's your difference right there. I think it's Kispert. Kispert. Because Kispert goes off, they win right. comfortably. Because he hasn't. Now, mm-hmm. you look at the box scores, I'm repeating myself, but you think he's had all. He hasn't done a thing. He's got 15. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but he's capable of more. Suggs, you know what you're going to get. Nemhart, maybe? There's a good one. Nemhart's, Ayayi's been playing out of his mind. It's 10.30 and we're late. And we're Miller and Condon. Thanks for being with us on 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Condon, welcome back. 1035 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Off to Indianapolis we go. Kerry Miller, uh, good enough to join us from Indianapolis uh, to set the scene for us. Kerry, thank you for doing this for us. Trent and Ken in Des Moines, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well. Really looking forward to this game tonight. Been looking forward to it for four months straight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Trent and I were just discussing this earlier. We both feel that um, not to dodge the bullets, but but we're both glad that we're seeing this game for the first time, right? Not that not the sequel might not have been as good, but 
we we don't there's no revenge factor there's no this happened last time we'll make amends we don't know you necessarily because we haven't played you i think that that might make for a better matchup the fact that we did have that game taken away from us on december the 5th yeah i think it, if nothing else it increased the appetite for this game that it was stolen from us if you will obviously it was nobody's fault that it happened but you know from the moment it happened we were like you know, they said they were interested in rescheduling it, and we all, I don't want to say joking, seriously, whatever, we're just like, well, they're going to reschedule it for late April or early April, the end of the tournament. Here we ended up getting it. And, you know, because that game didn't happen, both of those teams made it until the end of February with an undefeated record. You know, they were both 1-2 and two in the AP poll for almost the entire season. I mean, it really did, you know, if it had if that game had happened and it was an instant classic and then we were getting a rematch of it, that'd be great. But I, I do think it is kind of more uh, more intriguing because we didn't get it. Well, we'll dig a little deeper into that game here at the end, but let's go back and take us to Saturday night. You were in the building in Indianapolis. You were there late into the evening, still writing about it. <laughs> Just the environment. You've been to Final Fours. You've covered them before. Obviously different, but... What was it like inside the building, and, and take us through that final sequence along with that? Yeah, it was it's definitely been weird. Uh, you know, most of the seats have cardboard cutouts in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the actual capacity was in the stadium, but, I mean, even even with the cardboard cutouts, there were a lot of empty seats. And it, but it was still loud. Uh, the UCLA fans were annoyingly loud. <laughs> that UCLA chant, uh, I'm going to hear that in my sleep. It's its almost worse than the, the Tomahawk chant at the Atlanta Braves games. But uh, they were there. They were Or Rocky Top at Tennessee football. And, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it, it's just, it was something else. But, I mean, for, for as limited as the capacity was, it was loud. And when the, you know, when it came down to that overtime, uh, that final shot, mm. The building erupted. I certainly did. I, I threw my hands on my head, ran out the room screaming. I know we're not supposed to have any emotion, but, I mean, how do you not right. after that moment? Then I had to come running back in and, you know, start messaging my editor, like, what the heck am I supposed to write about this? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah it was fun. If we get anything half that good tonight, we're, we're in great shape. Uh, just as a, This is neither here nor there, Kerry, but you, did they empty the building after the Houston uh, Baylor game, and then bring in a, a new um, a new batch of fans, if you want to call them that. Or did they stick to? Was it the fan? You bought a ticket, you got both games, or did they empty the building? I think it was they were able to stay. Okay, uh, you know they had to stay for that Miley Cyrus concert. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I honestly didn't notice if the the fans left the stadium. I was just kind of working on one thing and every now and then would look up and see all the uh, all the stuff moving around for that concert which was very very loud <laughs> um, but, you, well, yeah, i think they were allowed to stay good uh, so we'll we'll get into the matchup in a second but no, i mean nobody's talking about houston and baylor and understandably so when you see the way that the the, uh, the gonzaga ucla game ended in the back and forth all night long and you know who knows where it's ranked one of the greatest college basketball games uh, ever witnessed i think that's is on that list whatever that list uh, whoever's comprising it uh, feels about it it's got to be on the list but baylor just dominated a houston team that's calling card is defense uh and uh, baylor had it uh answered every turn for houston in that basketball game it's getting overlooked but baylor i mean they couldn't have played much better than they did against houston did you see it that way 
Yeah, no, that got ugly in a hurry. And uh, the Baylor-Arkansas game, I think that was like 29-11, to 11, about midway through the first half. And we knew that Arkansas was going to make a run because it makes a run every time it gets behind by double digits. Right. But as soon as Houston fell behind by 10, 12, whatever it was early on, it was like, well, this is over because Houston is not built to come back against a defense this strong. Um, and it, I, honestly, not surprised. I thought it would be a closer game, but if either team was going to run away with it, it was pretty obvious it was going to be Baylor for that reason. Uh, you know, Houston just, they shoot threes like crazy, but they don't make them that well. And that's exactly what happened, uh, certainly in the first half of that game and really got out of hand. And if Baylor's able to shoot like they did against Houston, that's what I was saying even before uh, that game on Saturday night, you know, Baylor had four games during the regular season where they made 15 or more three-pointers. Mm. And if they can do that against Gonzaga, we got a game tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they go back to you know, an 8 of 15 type of performance, that's great percentage, but you need a lot of threes to keep pace with Gonzaga. We saw that in the game against UCLA. Like They had to score more than 90 to beat the Zags. I think that's what Baylor's going to have to do tonight. Yeah, you got to score to beat this team. It's going to be fun, hopefully, on that front. You know, I was mentioning earlier to Ken, I, I love college basketball. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch random Summit League games. I don't care in the middle of January. It's my favorite mm-hmm. sport. But I know on the national level, a game like that, how necessary it was. When you look at the future of college basketball, the transfer portal, the FBI investigation, on and on and on, how healthy do you think the sport of college basketball is? Oh, man. That's a tough question. I mean, certainly the the Blue Bloods. I don't know if this is just a a one-year, down-year thing in terms of COVID reasons or what. But like you said, the FBI scandal. Uh, now you have Roy Williams retired at North Carolina. won't be much longer before Coach K is gone at Duke. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of tossing around post-game angles already for after tonight. You know, kind of looking at a New Bloods type thing here instead of Blue Bloods with Gonzaga and Baylor. Obviously, Villanova's been good for a while. Virginia, it's just kind of, it's changing. And it's really turning into who can best capitalize on the the transfer portal, really, uh, now that you're going to see more more of, you know, the top 20 recruits going straight to the G League, uh, that type of thing. But, you know, it, it it's like every five years, it's a complete change uh, with the college basketball landscape. And I think we are in a good position. I mean, if, if Gonzaga can become like the Clemson or Alabama football, if they're just always in it every year, that's going to just make things more interesting, even if it's just people complaining that they're sick of seeing it in the, in the Final Four every year. Uh, Kerry Miller, Bleacher Report is our guest. So let's uh, try and figure out uh, these matchups tonight because IIE's been been out of his mind. He's been so good this last couple. I'm not sure that there's anybody on Baylor that's going to have an answer for Timmy, and that's just not a Baylor problem. That's a college basketball yeah. <laughs> program uh, problem because nobody does. So if if you're Drew, what what are you going to do? Who are you going to try and? Match up on Timmy. I'm not sure Thamba's the answer. John Machachua is a, he's athletic, but he's not as big as Mitchell. They call him off night because he's such a terrific matchup defensively that whoever he matches up with the excuses, he had an off night. Uh, Vital was in foul trouble, but he's what, six foot? How big is he, Trent? Six, five, six, six. Mm-hmm. Not very big. Who gets the Timmy assignment? Yeah, I, I think it might be Vital. Uh, certainly. JTT, our, our boy everyday John, yeah. will will be on Timmy to, to some extent. I mean, he and Thamba basically share that 
uh, center role. I think they pretty much average exactly 40 minutes between them. Um, but yeah, I really don't know what they can do to slow down Tibby. Like you said, that's not a Baylor problem. If if USC with four guys six foot seven right. or taller couldn't do anything to slow him down, I don't know what Baylor plans to do aside from just making enough threes to make up for all of Timmy's twos, which I think it, it might be what it takes. Um, but it will be really interesting to Davion Mitchell, if he's able to, to lock up Jalen Suggs, that mm-hmm. will limit how much Timmy is able to get the ball in the post. But I, I think once he gets it, it it's almost you know an 85% chance of a bucket against Baylor. So they just got to front him like crazy, somehow deny him the ball. And I think Vital would be, even though he's given up you know four or five, six inches in that battle, He's kind of their junkyard dog. He's mm-hmm. the one who will, you know, really battle with Timmy. Hopefully, he can stay out of foul trouble, and that'll be a fun matchup to watch all night. Are you a believer that the tempo is going to dictate this? As we talked about, you got to score still, but efficiency a big factor. Can Baylor slow Gonzaga down, or do you just more likely you have to play at their pace to win? I mean, UCLA, I think, plays at even a slower pace than Baylor prefers, and obviously, they couldn't slow them down either. I mean, once they you know, as soon as the basket goes in, uh, they're already halfway down the court, ready to get into their offense. Um, you know, you got to limit their transition points. You know, no fast breaks, but they're still going to get down there. They're almost like the Phoenix Suns, seven seconds or less offense from whenever it was ten years ago. Um, you know, they just want to run, and we saw in the game against Virginia back in December. Uh, you know, a notoriously slow-paced team. Gonzaga put up 98 on them. So anything is possible with this offense. You really just got to outscore them. Oh, it's going to be spectacular. So if you're right, and I and I like it, I think that uh, Mitchell will try and slow Suggs down. Uh, such a terrific athlete. Mitchell is so terrific. He's so quick and can stay in front of everybody. Then who gets a Yayi? Will will that be Butler's guard? Who because he's oh yeah he's been terrific. Look at how he started these last two games, uh, the USC game and then of course the game the other night. Uh, he was uh, so productive so early in the game. Who's who's tasked with trying to slow him down? Yeah, I think it really depends on who's on Timmy because if it's not vital, he would be the guy on Ayayi. I think because they both kind of play. You know, when Watson's not in there for Gonzaga. Ayayi is kind of their de facto power forward at 6'5", based on how many rebounds he gets, and Vital is the exact same way, just a, you know, kind of built a different way. Um, you know, Vital's not the shooter that Ayayi is, but I think he would be able to to keep a, uh, you know, body-on-man type situation, keep him off the glass to some extent. You know, really interesting matchup there. You know, uh, Butler against Kispert, most likely, will be, you know, a lot of fun. I guess it would be Macy Oteague against Andrew Nembhard then. Uh, but yeah, the, the matchups in this game, uh, it's going to be incredible. And I really do think it, it all starts with that Mitchell Suggs yeah. right at the point. Yeah. It's going to be such an incredible matchup between, I don't know where Mitchell's at in uh, NBA draft situation, but you know Suggs is probably going top three. And mm-hmm. the way he's played the past month, Mitchell certainly feels like a lottery pick. Again, that's not my expertise, but... I don't know why any NBA team would not want that, you know, three and D point guard expert. Yeah, no doubt. You know that I think Baylor has an edge. Maybe the bench is a, is an edge for them. I mean, yeah. Meyer's yes. been Meyer's been terrific, and even Flagler. I mean, Flagler mm-hmm. watching him throughout the regular season. Seldom would you watch a Baylor game when he wasn't making a big three. Maybe maybe the edge is uh, bench edge is something that you put the check mark uh, in Baylor's favor. 
Yeah, absolutely. I believe Flagler, Meyer, and JTT have combined for at least 24 points mm. in each of Baylor's games thus far, whereas Gonzaga's bench, I think they had like two points against UCLA the other night. I mean, they really do not go deep at all. So if this ends up being a physical game, if foul trouble is in any way a factor, that's a huge advantage for Baylor, um, as long as it's not just <laughs> Mark Vidal or Davion Mitchell getting into foul trouble. Um, right. you know, we saw in that UCLA game, um, Timmy had three fouls. I think Ayayi was in early foul trouble. And, you know, they were forced to play Cook and Watson a, a bit more than they probably wanted to because of that. And I think that could be a factor tonight. So the game goes final. You'll pen your column. <laughs> and then we know every national college basketball writer, I think it's in every one of your guys' contract. <laughs> you got to put together way your too early. way too early <laughs> top 25. Carrie, you going to be doing one? And, and have you started working on it yet? I am not doing one. I, I hope I don't you. have to with all this. Oh, it's a mess. Yeah. Carousel chaos. Yeah. But I, I do know if I'm, I'm going to have UCLA top 10 if everybody comes back. Yeah. I mean, what they showed last night or two nights ago was really impressive and not a senior on that roster aside from uh, Chris Smith, who's been out since December with a torn ACL. So they could keep that whole uh, roster together for another two years if they wanted to. Mm. I think they might be you know, really building something there. Obviously, Gonzaga with already a, uh, a top 10 recruit, most likely to get the number one recruit next year's class, Chet Holmgren. Mm-hmm. They'll be right there again. So Minnesota may have some, uh, some repeats here next year. Unbelievable. Kerry, enjoy it. Thank you. We'll read you at Bleacher Report in the morning. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, like you say, get a nap. You're in for a long night, Kerry Miller. Appreciate you coming on. <laughs> you got it. Take care, guys. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Kerry Miller, Bleacher Report. As we take a little look at uh, matchups and trying to figure out who's going to be on who, and I'm with you. And you said this right off the bat: it's, it's Mitchell versus Suggs. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the that's the defining matchup in the basketball. Go after Timmy's going to get his trend. Yes, yeah. yeah. I don't care who it is. Mobley was going to shut him down. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't answer at all. Mm-hmm. Oh man, is this? Do you remember the 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 most hype game I can recall ever? In college sports. Yeah. Was USC Texas. Vince Young. Yes. And it lived up to it. It did. Right? And and see, I didn't think it was that hyped. I thought it was more hyped out because USC was looked at as so dominant. Right. And I bought into that line of thinking mm-hmm. too. That uh, Texas might score a little bit, but it's gonna be fifty two twenty. I remember the hype being maybe it was just me, but I remember it was a yeah. big, big talker. And it lived up to it. This one's got a chance. Who are you taking? The Zags. Are you? I'm laying the points. Are you? I'm going to be playing an alternate line or two time, too. Mm. Just, yeah. We're running out of hour. Miller yeah. and Condon, 1460 kicks and no one. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. Hour number two. More on Baylor with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. It's a terrific Big 12-centric uh, website. Uh, and then we'll talk some baseball from uh, over the weekend with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. The Humane Mercedes story. Did you catch up on it at all? The kid from the White Sox that had 2,200 oh, minor league at-bats uh-huh. and it didn't look like he was ever going to get his opportunity. Gets to the show. All he does is go eight for eight. Uh, to start the season, home runs, doubles. I mean, what a great story. 28 years old, 
you know, you don't break into the majors at that age very often. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't get the opportunity to stick around. He's been on dozens of uh, independent league teams. But what a great, great story he was from over the weekend. Your Twins are off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this Twins team. and if It's they... hard not to. Buxton. How about Buxton start? If he, if he can stay, well, he can't. He can't. Well, he, he exited yesterday's game. No, I missed that. Did he? And... Probably too much to ask you to get through three in a row. Right. And my mind went, you're already without Donaldson. They just placed him yeah, on the IR. Yeah. All right, here they go. Well, you're fine because they are a 10-player starting lineup. With Arias being the super utility guy, mm-hmm. you're fine. He's not a great third baseman, but all right. You, yeah. in pitch. But then you go this. And then Buxton leaves. And my heart, my heart just sank because he is such, such a great starter. Yeah. He'd ripped a double earlier in the game. Two home runs. And then looking on Twitter, what was it? Nothing announced. Bremer Morneau, we we don't know. They were. See, I listened about- to Brian Anderson and uh, Rock yeah. this weekend. They're really good. And oh boy, what what could it possibly be? It was nothing that happened in the game. Yeah, yeah, the squirts. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, no one want to laugh, but as yeah. a Twins fan, you'd much rather have that than a hamstring. Uh huh. And. Uh, the joy of seeing somebody with diarrhea uh, that came across my I've never been so happy to find out somebody had diarrhea yeah, than Brian Brooks did yesterday. You know another story? Uh, and Cubs fans will know what I'm talking about. You know who has faced six batters and struck out five of them so far in 2021? Is it Gimbrel? Yes. Yeah? Greg Gimbrel's been really good. You think he's got it figured out? Well... If the first two innings of his uh, 2021 season are in the indicator, Arietta was good on Saturday. He was. But Kimbrell, six batters faced, K'd five of them. Craig Kimbrell. For that. Now, it was oh. against the Pirates. Yeah, true. But they, they had the pulse this weekend. They did. They had a, Now, the uh, the Cubs see the Brew Crew, I think, heads into town tonight. I'm pretty sure. It's the, yeah, they are. 640 uh, first pitch for the Brewers and the Cubs. The Brewers' month of April is just daunting. If you've got a Brewers ticket, as I do. Going to add a little more to it? No, Going to get just, a better price? Don't get a really. Well, maybe. You know, that's an excellent mm-hmm. point. Because they're it's top, top heavy. All right, hour number two coming up next. More on Baylor. Can they do it? Matt Postens will help us out. HeartlandCollegeSports.com. More baseball conversation in about 30 minutes. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.